Hello and welcome to Sea Trade Cruise Talks. In Ready for Resumption, Preparing Your Destination for Restart, we're going to listen in to the Q&A section of a session from Sea Trade Cruise Virtual that took place on October 6, 2020. Trade's own Holly Payne leads the discussion with Ioannis Brass, project leader and cruise destination developer and CEO of Five Senses Consulting and Development. Ioannis has been working in close partnership with the Ministry of Tourism in Greece to assist on defining what it means to be ready for the resumption of cruise and is in a unique position to give insight. This session began with a short presentation, setting the scene for the audience to ask their questions. Ioannis highlights the importance of exceeding a guest's expectations deliberately every time, and this hasn't changed with COVID-19. There is just the additional expectation of safety to factor in. He also delved into what must be present in a port inspection, such as physical distancing, PPE, digitalization where possible, and clear processes overseen by designated personnel. If you have registered for Seatray Cruise Virtual with a conference pass or cruise line, you can still log into the event to watch this session in full. Now let's dive into the discussion right after the presentation finished. interested me was looking at the new terminology that's now coming about and do you think as time moves on that we're going to need a a universal kind of a terminology so that it makes things a little easier? Definitely. I think that CLIA has played their role on it. Uh, CLIA Europe, uh, CLIA Greece, uh, you know, has helped a lot and we're very thankful for that and not only to CLIA, EU Health Gateways and all the other organizations who have contributed on the new rules. But yes, I think it's time that an entity thinks of uh, putting a small dictionary forward <laughs> with all this new terminology in terms of understanding all this, because, you know, to people like me who are within the equation, it's easy, but I think that many people will benefit from that. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We've got so many questions coming through. Fantastic questions, in fact. So let's get to it. So firstly, What would you say is the most obvious challenge in restarting and what is perhaps a more hidden challenge? The biggest challenge is coordination and that's also the hidden challenge. The government or the local government to actually interpret the instructions that have been given, the rules and put them in place and also communicate those in effect with the cruise lines or back to the government. So the easiest and the most difficult aspect is coordination of what's happening now. We hear that so often. I I think it's applicable to so many different fields, but miscommunication is, it can really be responsible for some things going terribly wrong. So I absolutely agree. Thank you, Yanis. So our second question that we've got, how would you recommend showing inspectors that you are ready? And what is the best way to communicate this? Write a plan. Do a checklist and show that your checklist to the inspectors when they come. Obviously, uh, when you follow your plan, do a process map. That's what I do always. Do a process map and basically assign to each of your process map boxes a responsible person for that. And then you have nothing to fear. That's the easiest way to do it. 
Fantastic. So keeping notes, lots of notes, keeping a track of everything that's going on. That's the best yes. way. Got it. Yes. Okay. So in a scenario where a port has not done anything to prepare for a restart yet, i.e. if they've been waiting for guidelines, how long would you say that it will take to be, quote, new world ready? Well, Listen, well, from the time the decision has been made and a budget has been allocated, and that's important to understand, and assuming that everybody is on board, local authorities, local hospitals, uh, you know, isolation, COVID hotels, the port, it takes a month, full month of extremely hard work because you need to understand the flow of your port. doesn't matter if you are doing a home port or you're a transit port, doesn't matter if you have a terminal or not. You need to understand the processes of how your customers, your passengers are going out and into the ship. You need to understand what areas that needs to be secured, where you're going to place your disinfectants. You need to design and implement your emergency plan and communicate that with the cruise lines and the local authorities. But I've seen cases in Greece where within a month, everything was ready. That's wonderful. So a month, actually, you can really turn things around and get things up and running. Marvellous. Now, I've got a really good one, actually, a, a fantastic question, because we talk about the ships and vessels. But actually, if we look at closely at river cruising, the question I have for you, Yanis, is do you have any recommendation or advice for river cruise ports in Europe to be ready for the cruising restart on COVID-19 protocols? So we're talking infrastructure and management. I think that the best idea is unity. So my advice would be, I don't know how many cruise river ports are in Europe. There are not so many. So to my, my advice is communicate with each other, connect with each other and unify your voice in terms of, you know, see what kind of protocols they will be issued for you, either from Europe or from within your country. Same principle applies to those destinations, those river ports. In terms of measures they need to take, you know, and isolation uh, units, COVID hotels, you know, all the basic infrastructure, the changes that need to happen. But my advice is unify and as a common voice, go out there and demand to go back into the game. And let me get our next question ready. We've got so many. So I'm going to come now to should cruise lines use private islands to be designated as safe ports for a closed loop? Well, they could, but in order to do that, they need two things. They need to understand that the employees who would uh, work there, they need to stay there. So the bubble will be not broken. And secondly, most importantly, in order to be used as safe ports, they need the medical facilities. And that's the most challenging of them all. In order to be classed as safe port, you need to have the facilities when you have a positive case to be handled. Obviously, a plan can be in place that when you have a positive case, those persons can be airlifted to a secure location, which has the facilities. So it's possible, but I think that logistics for that needs to be on spot. Thank you. I hope that the person who asked the question, I hope that that's helped you. On to the next question. Right. Pre-testing is one thing, but do you foresee second testing in the terminal 
will be mandatory. What are your thoughts on that, Yanis? Right. You have to understand that the way that the process, and I'm talking about Greece, is designed. Obviously, now all cruise lines are using a negative test 72, at least 72 hours before embarkation, or they do a test on the spot on the terminal. There's a two-step process. The pre-screening, step one, is where they take your temperature, they check for physical indications that you might, you know, have a fever or something, and they may do an, a quick test, an antigen test. If any of the three previous ones, either the test or the physical appearance or, or anything else might prove that, you know, slightly offset, they will then set you to a second screening, which a, a medical personnel will uh, interview you further and possibly do a PCR test to validate any questions. So in any way, in any case, second test happens when it's felt necessary. Now, if it will become mandatory, this will all depend on how the test technology is progressing. We are in a much better position than we were two or three months ago on, on fast tests. And I think by the end of the year, we'll be on a new position regarding fast tests. And when I say new position, let me explain what I mean. Fast tests or rapid tests, as they called, are to me scored in three different aspects. One is percentage of how efficient they are. So they're 85%, 9%, whatever, how fast they are and how much the cost is. Now to me, and this is again, a new terminology I've come up with because this is me, a triple A test should be 99.9% .9 accuracy, three or four minutes time and under, I don't know, maybe 15 euros or something. Then yes, everybody would be able to be retested, not only on the terminal, but before embarking from every destination. So if that's the case, they will be able from every destination they visit to be retested very quickly, very quickly indeed, and create a local bubble within the ship. That to me would be the solution if that's the case. Would that only really be an ideal situation on smaller capacity vessels? I know that anyway, there will be rules on how many people can sail. But, you know, talking logistics, even if it's very fast, the tests, is it really possible that thousands and thousands of people could be tested? What are your thoughts? Listen, that is true. But in order for a peace of mind, I'm sure that technology can help on that aspect. Uh, in any case, I can foresee rapid tests going very fast in the near future, very fast indeed. So it will take big logistics, but if that's the case, the cruise lines will take uh, the necessary steps to achieve that. You wouldn't you know, rather wait in line for 20 minutes and know that everybody is clean on the ship than not? That's a question. But in any case, listen, in any case, I'm sure that uh, at the end of the year, at the beginning of the next year, we will have more good news in terms of uh, vaccines. So that will change again psychology. So what I'm saying is that I'm very optimistic that with the situation, even now, today is not looking very good. We're in the middle of the second phase. I'm optimistic that in the next three or four months, more good news will come our way. Do we have a view on the degree to which interventions being contemplated are enough to break the chain of transmission, i.e. more intervention means earlier restart, do we think? Well, that's a very, very interesting question. I think 
the way the restart has happened slowly on the very programmable steps is the way to go. I think that the protocols that have been implemented already from the cruise lines are working. More than 50,000 passengers have sailed so far, and that's great news. I know that within October, more cruise lines and more ships are starting in, in Europe anyway. So that will give a much better test on all protocols. And I think that in reality, the US needs to learn from the experience of Europe. As was said earlier, I'm also optimistic that towards the end of the year, there will be a small restart there as well, you know, controlled to test also the protocols in the US. And there are after in the beginning of the year, there will be more and more ships on the blue waters. That would be wonderful. Now, Yanis, yesterday I was listening to a webinar on here as, as part of virtual and it was the expedition discussion and there was some talk about how new measures will be in place to prevent Indigenous communities, for instance, and wildlife from potentially contracting COVID-19. Now, when we look at local communities, I'm directly coming onto that because we've got a very interesting question here, which is regarding exactly that and how we communicate and how we present cruise ships and the resumption of cruising to different communities. So local communities, they're going to have to feel comfortable with ships returning. What is the plan to educate the local community so that they are welcoming to ships when they return? Is there any information from the European ports on their approach to this? That is also a very good question. I can tell you this, there have been two signs of the coin. One is that in some local communities, they fear uh, of the situation and also they don't like that uh, excursions are happening just within a bubble and people are not allowed to go on their own and wander the destination. That's one side of the coin. But the other side of the coin says that, and I'm also a strong believer of that side, that in order for you to make step number two, you need to make step number one. And step number one says that we need to do what we have to now to keep the situation under control. So that means that excursions will happen only within the cruise line and cruise community. So, you know, they are controlled from the start to the finish. The buses are dis disinfected. The guides have been tested. The drivers also, you know, wear their masks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's an argument starting and a discussion here where, you know, what are the, the real benefits for the community? I say this, in order to make the second step, you need to make the first. Even though this is a difficult situation, uh, still people from, you know, local people, the guides, the bus drivers, you know, uh, the local museums, uh, you know, are benefiting from those excursions. Not as much as they used to before, I can understand that, but in order to reach a step next year where everybody will be, you know, allowed to go freely in the destination, we need to pass the, through this process. So what I'm saying is that we need to sit down with the local communities. The ports need to discuss with the local communities. Communication is vital, is the key, and make them understand the process of steps one, steps two, and make them understand that, you know, we'll need to go through step number one. We understand that it's a rough time, you know, business are down, tourism is down, you know, on, on every destination really. But in order for us to be able to recover faster, we need to go through this process. So communication is the key in Holly. So do you feel, Yanis, that ports should therefore be partnering or collaborating with local health systems 
or hospitals to ensure a smooth restart? What are your reasons, either yes or no? What, what are your reasons? No, no, it's a mandatory, it's a mandatory process. Usually there's a, a, a general instruction issued by the government, right? But this is a plain piece of paper saying you need to have an emergency plan. You need to put things in place. Then you need to go down into the detail and answer the what's, the how's, the who, the where's and the how much on your process. And, you know, you need to, to take into consideration the worst case scenario and run tests in your port, in your destination. I was in the last two, three weeks, I sat with, I don't know, five or six different destinations here in Greece, discussing with all local authorities, you know, why we need to do this, why we need to do that, why is the hospital and what is the process between the hospital and the ambulance, who is informing who, when, what is the process, what is the system, and that needs to take place in order to ask to be safe. So if we have an incident, you know, there's a single email, a single phone call that will generate and start the process. So Yanis, you mentioned the importance of the travel experience and its role to the whole trip. Are the new measures going to affect the travel experience? Yes and no. They will affect the travel experience if we let it. I think that this is where the local authorities and the local destinations come into. They need to talk to the cruise lines and they need to find ways to showcase what is local. They need to persuade the cruise lines to buy uh, local supplies, uh, local products and help local communities through that way. This is a control process. So souvenirs, for example, you know, usually you can find them on shore, but now with all the restrictions, perhaps the cruise line can go to the destination and say, okay, you tell me, you know, where I can purchase some of the local memorabilia. And after we check them, we can put them on the ship for people to be able to buy them. Gastronomy, you know, uh, cruise lines, when they go to destination, they can put in the menus, local tastes. They can invite possibly local chefs to be able to, you know, to offer local, local gastronomy. So I think the way we experience the destinations for 2021 will be slightly different, but if you are a destination who is thinking ahead you'll be able to do that. I mean, through my business, it's exactly what I do. I try to embrace local characteristics where history, culture, and gastronomy goes into experience. So we need to export that now, the cruise lines and somehow to the passengers. Sure. Now, on that note, if you could prioritize in three factors that you would count the most important for the restart, you know, three different steps, what would those be? Well, we have a triangle and it's a social triangle like that, which is government, ports and cruise lines. This triangle, they have an equal responsibility for the restart. The government to issue the, the, the guidelines, the cruise lines to issue their own guidelines and work with the local governments, but also the ports that they need to come up with a plan and communicate with cruise lines. So it's an equivalent tri triangle that in order to work, each of those, those three parts need to do their thing in order for the whole process to go forward. Now, we've got a question here, and this is, of course, referring to the very unfortunate incident that occurred recently with a TUI vessel where nobody actually had COVID, but the results initially from the land-based lab said that some individuals on board 
had tested positive for COVID-19. Now, if we look to that example and that unfortunate incident, could you describe what you would have changed regarding that? What would it be? Let me first of all say that despite what happened, we know that protocols work. Mm. The most important thing, TUI is doing a great, great job on implementing protocols that we know from result that they work. I think the problem in this case was the leak of information. And to me, that's very, very important. You know, when you're putting your plans together, when you have your emergency plans, make sure that they're safe fruit in terms of the control of information. In a case like this, the leak of information created something which was not there. Because obviously, you know, you know, sometimes tests uh, read uh, false information. So the process is and was to retest everybody. If there was not a leak, the test would have happened without any problem, as it was no problem. So to me, the advice to everybody listening now, or they will listen, you know, tomorrow or whatever, is control of information. And that's very vital on the success of your emergency plan. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And this is discussing, we, we, you've already touched on it a little bit earlier, but looking at the cruise port requirements, you mentioned the importance of communication between local authorities. Could you expand a little more on that, please? Nobody is an expert on the situation. So how the local authorities interpret the instructions from the main government sometimes it makes the situation difficult. For one particular reason, you know, doctors from specific areas, that just happens everywhere, interpret the, the instructions in different ways, and this can create a lot of problems. I think clarity and very clear instructions on what is the norm and what is not must be given on all cases. And that only will happen when everybody, before the start of the cruise, sits on the same table and agree on the rules of the game. So not everybody after, you know, can go in and gossip or why this, why that. The mob effect can be catastrophic in this case. So as I said before, control of information, agreement with uh, local uh, central and port authorities and the cruise lines on what is the situation, what is the scenarios if, you know, A or B or C happens, and also drills. You need in future to design and run drills in your port so that you, everybody is ready, as we did with ISPS, to care and, and for this situation. COVID is going to be with us all 21, unfortunately. Hopefully not after that, but we need to be prepared. So I think when you're ready, you should take every day as it was a drill day and you'll be fine. Thanks for joining us for Ready for Resumption, Preparing Your Destination for Restart. Tune in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts the coming weeks for more great content from Seatray Cruise Virtual. Next on Seatray Cruise Talks, we will be hearing from Ioannis again in part three of Cruise Development for Destinations, Getting into the Business Model Mindset with co-host Shannon McKee, President Access Cruise and co-founder of Zelia. If you can't wait that long for more Seatrade Cruise Talks content, head over to the archives at seatrade-cruise.com forward slash seatrade-cruise-talks and sign up to never miss an episode.